You are listening to the Faith Church Podcast. Learn more about our church at faithinchandler.com. been with you once before and I really enjoyed last time I was here. I really, really had a great time with you guys and it's good to see uh, some familiar faces. It is true, for the past year I downgraded uh, to a flip phone. He's not lying and it's been, it has been a huge adjustment uh, in my life to go back to this ancient technology. And I, I did that primarily because in my life uh, it had gotten, when I would be at home, or at an amusement park, or at a ball game. Uh, honestly, I was just ignoring my kids. And I started getting really convicted about this, and I tried to put some parameters that I was not going to let my smartphone, you know, when I was at ball games, I was not going to get on it. I was going to watch my kids. If we went to the park, I was going to focus on my kids. When I was at home, I was going to leave it alone. And honestly, I could not do it. Like, I just admit that to you. I'd become such a slave to my phone. And uh, the Lord kept convicting me and convicting me about this. And so about a year ago, I decided I'm going to uh, give this up. And uh, I did. I am actually getting ready to get a smartphone again, but I broke those habits. They definitely broke in my life. And I'm kind of at a point where I I need to get a smartphone just the way our world functions. But uh, I really, and that's why you can pray for me. I've really asked the Lord, hey, I think now I can have these parameters and, uh, the phone meet my needs instead of controlling my life because that was really what was going on. Uh, but what's interesting was when I went to tell the guy that I wanted to downgrade to a flip phone at the store, of course, he first thing he asked me is, what do I want to upgrade to, right? And I told him, I said, and this is, this is, I mean, I don't know if this is a generational thing, but I actually felt bad telling him that I wanted to downgrade. And I told him, I said, I don't want to upgrade. I actually want to get rid of the smartphone and go back. And this guy, of course, his job is to convince you to upgrade, right? I mean, that's how he makes his money. And the guy in the store, it's one of those moments you never forget, he leaned over to me, probably afraid the supervisor was going to hear what he had to say. He leaned over to me because when I told him, I said, hey, I'm addicted to this thing, and I just feel like I need to break this this addiction is not healthy for my family or me. And I told him this. And when I got done, he leaned over in the store and he whispered. And he said, half the people that come in this store should do exactly what you're doing. So I don't know. I don't say that to be more spiritual because Daniel knows me well enough to know that I'm not, I'm not more spiritual than other people. But I will say this. God knows what you need to change in your life. And He can give you the strength to do it. Amen? He can, he can do that. Now, I know how revivals work in our day and age, and I know many of you here tonight are probably the core, core group of this church. In fact, I know you are because I, I remember so many of you from last time uh, I was here. And tonight I want to talk about, and this is perfect because it, it got dark just as you were showing up, right? Just as you showed up, the light began to fade, and it began to dark, get dark outside. And tonight I just want to talk about the fact that if you are a Christian you are a light. Would you say that after me? Say, say after me, I am a light. I am a light. I am a light. Now, what, what situations in the dark make you afraid? Some people are afraid to be in the woods uh, when it's dark. Some people are afraid when they wake up in a strange place. Maybe they've gone on a trip and they're in a hotel or they spend the night over at a friend's house or, or, or they're just somewhere that's in, in a different place. Uh, maybe they go visit some relatives and they wake up in the dark 
and they're aware that they're not where they normally normally sleep. And for some people, that can be a very 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 scary experience, right? Sometimes if you're walking down a street and it's dark, it can make you nervous and you can become afraid. Probably for me, one of the scariest moments I ever had in the dark. I'm kind of going to date myself here a little bit. Uh, one of the scariest experiences I ever had in the dark was I was 13 or 14 years old, and you want to talk about ancient technology, raise your hand if you remember transistor radios. Do you remember those, right? So I had one. I was raised in a very strong Christian home. My mom and dad were very strong Christian lay people and, and was you know, raised, under, uh, discipled under the Lord Jesus from an early age and raised in church. My parents were very serious about their faith type thing. If it was revival, we would have been there. So very serious. And I had this transistor radio, and what I knew is as a 13, 14-year-old boy, let's just be real here, when I wanted to listen to the stations that I wanted to listen to that mom and dad did not want me to listen to, I had to wait until I could start hearing my dad snore in the room next to us. And we did. I could, I could change to the FM station that I wanted. And there in Tennessee, out of Nashville at that time, 103.3 was the rock station that, that came through. And I would wait till they were asleep, and I'd put it on... Uh, this rock music I want to listen to. And so one night, one night, uh, I, they'd gone to sleep. I knew they were asleep. And I, I turned the dial to 103.3 and I got it right next to my ear. And there was this band called ACDC and they had this song called Hell's Bells. And it was dark in the house. And the beginning of that song had these bells that rang and then they, they blasted into their anthem. And I will never forget that night. As the bells begin to ring, a storm came over Cookville right at the moment when that song started. And the bells rang on that song. And right before the song started, the thunder struck and the lightning fell and the electricity went out in our city. And as a 13-year-old boy, you know what I thought. (laughs) Revelation has begun! The wrath of God is going to fall. And I'm going to be very afraid. Very afraid. As a 13, 14 year old boy around that age, very afraid that I had brought the wrath of God upon me. And that literally I was going to transition to the other side. I mean, it was, and it was pitch dark. The radio's gone off, you know, and I was afraid. I'm here being afraid of what was happening. When is a time in your life when the lights have gone out? The lights have gone out and you have been afraid. For the vast majority of us, when the lights are on, we can handle things better. When we can see what's around us. We can, we can know what we need to do. Why? Because light shows the way. Light shows us, light shows us that the things we're often afraid of, we shouldn't be. And it can also identify for us the things that we actually should fear unless we have the power of God in our life. Then we don't have to fear them, but it's light that shows us those things. So, so Paul writes about this, makes it clear that we are to be a light. So if you have your Bible, I want you to turn to Ephesians chapter 5. And I want you to go to verse 8. And we're going to read Ephesians 5, 8 through 14. And tonight I just want to, I just want to remind you and encourage you to both walk in the light, and as you walk in the light, to know that you literally are a light to others as you walk in the light of God. So Ephesians chapter 5, starting in verse 8, we'll read to verses, I'll read down to verse 14. 
Ephesians 5.8, For you were sometimes darkness. That's interesting. It's you were darkness. Sometimes. You used to be darkness. But now are you light in the Lord. So if you're light, what are you to do? You're to walk as children of the light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. So, so you're to walk in the light and do what? Verse 10 says, proving as you walk in this light, you walk according to the light, you are the light, you will prove what is acceptable unto the Lord. You will, you will show others what the acceptable path of the Lord is. You will do this. As you're walking, what, what else will happen? Verse 11, you have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, right? That's not the fruit in your life. Not the fruit of darkness. You, will, you have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather you will reprove them. Your life in the light will be a reproof or rejection of the fruits of darkness. For it is a shame, he says. It is a shame to even speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things are reproved or made manifest by the light. For whatsoever does make manifest is light. Wherefore, he says, awake you that sleep. Awake and arise from the dead. And Christ will give you light. Christ is where this light begins and where it ends. Now this letter here is written to the, to the church at Ephesus. And what does is, what is God, God's Word have to say to them? What does Paul want them to know? He wants them to know the same thing that is true about you today. And it's been true about all of us born in this world. He says you were once darkness. Now you are light. Before salvation, darkness. After the work of the Lord in your life, there is light. This is true for all Christians of all times. If you are glad that the Lord Jesus brought you into the light, say amen. amen. He says here an interesting phrase though. He says, look at verse 8 at the end. He says, you're to walk as children of light. What does that mean? What does that mean? Well, part of what it means is to grow spiritually. As you walk in the light, you will grow in that type of environment. Because the light of the gospel changes you. It changes the believer. I've had a lot of uh, emotional and rough things going on in my life. And as we sang some of those songs, then I can tell you, man, I, I, I know it may be different for you, but I can just tell you where I'm at in my life. As we sang together as believers tonight, I felt myself being changed, Daniel, just through, just through meaning those words and asking the Lord to help them be true in my life. As we say, I, I can literally feel in me a change as we did that. That's what the light will do as we walk in it. So, so children of the light. Now, these are people that the truth of God's Word and, and, the, and the work of Jesus and the power of God's Spirit begins to have more and more of an effect on you and you literally grow... You, you grow up as you walk in the light of the Lord. Now, I'm not going to show you yet. We're going to save it for a little later in the sermon. But I have, I have two boys, Ethan and Owen. And they've been growing up as children of Laura and Charles. That's, that's my wife, Laura. They are growing up as our children. And that affects, as they grow up in our house, that affects the type of boys that they are. So what are some things that my boys do? Well, they do things that my wife and I value because they're still at that age that, 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 that they, they follow the path we set for them. So what does that mean at the cookhouse? Well, my wife and I, we're both readers. 
And so we make sure pretty much every day our kids read at least 20 minutes. Our older son a lot of times will read up to an hour. Why is that? Because we are readers and they are growing up in a home where that is valued. I love basketball. Daniel can tell you, man, I, I love basketball. Played basketball, loved basketball. I helped coach in, in the city leagues in our town, helped coach with a travel team. I love basketball. And man, the other week, uh, my wife, my, I know I don't look it. I know you probably think I'm about 25 years old, right? I mean, you can tell. And, uh, but I'm not. I turned 40 on March 14th. And uh, my wife, for my 40th birthday, she bought me tickets to the SEC tournament in Nashville. And we've gone before, by the way. And we've sat way up high in those seats, you know, way up there. For my 40th birthday, my wife. On Friday, we knew the top four teams in the SEC would play on Friday, and the other teams that advanced would play them. So last Friday, my wife, she had got me tickets, bought them a while back. She had gotten tickets to all four games of the SEC tournament on Friday, and she got them in the lower section, which was a huge deal for us. And Friday, before the evening session started, I ran into Magic Johnson. It's true. Daniel has seen the picture. It's true. This, so so I, I love basketball. And so I immediately, after I met Magic Johnson, I called my boys before we went to our seats. I called them and said, I met Magic Johnson, and I got my picture taken with him. And my boys went crazy. Now, this is, I just want to give you a freebie because my wife sometimes, she does not walk in the light. She forgets, and she walks in the darkness. And I met Magic Johnson. And I went up to Magic, and I put my arm around him and asked for a picture, and he said yes. And my wife snapped a picture, and then security came, and they were trying to get him out of there to his seat, and they came and got him, and they took Magic away. I looked at my wife, and I said, you got the picture. Daniel has seen this. He can tell you this is true. I said, did, did you get the picture? And she said yes. Guys, I went to my seat. There were two pictures. The first picture was a picture of just Magic. The second picture was of me and Magic with his back turned to me walking away with security. And I asked my wife, I said, this is one of the greatest players of all times. How could you do this? And my wife said to me, well, I already have a lot of pictures of you, so I thought I'd just take one of him first. And so my picture with Magic is with his turning his back going away. Oh, so when I showed my boys, they died laughing, you know, and... and but man, why is that? that, that and, and, and if you know me, like I love basketball. And so, so when I saw him, I knew who Magic was because I love the sport. And I knew the minute I saw him, I told my wife, I said, that is Magic Johnson walking that direction. And it was him. Now, if you didn't know anything about basketball, you might know Magic because he's so famous. But, but honestly, if you're not really into sports, you, you, you could live your whole life and never know who he is. My friends... We have been saved by Jesus. And when we, when we see the things of Jesus and we see the works of Jesus and we hear the word of Jesus, our spirit, because we have been growing in the light of Jesus, we should know and be attracted to our Lord when He calls us. And so I want to encourage you tonight. He says you are children of the light. That means you, oh, Ephesian church, the church at Ephesus, you've been saved by Jesus. Now remember... That you're to grow as members of His family of light. So the light, you know this, the light exposes elements of our lives that Jesus wants to change. It shows us that you know the light of God's Word 
in the Spirit that confirms that Word, that Holy Spirit. It, it, the Word of God shows us not only what to change, but it shows us through examples in Scriptures and direct commands in Scriptures, and even through the Psalms, the, 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 the way they touch our heart. The, the Word of God shows not only what you are to change, but as you walk in this light of the Word, it shows you how to change, how to become uh, a more and more a child of Jesus. And as you do this, listen, as you grow, just like my boys, your lives will demonstrate God's truth and light to those around you. This year, for the first time this has ever happened, my oldest son is 10 years old, and for the first time this year, my son walked into a, to a party from some, some friends that we have in Cookville, had a little, a little get-together at their house, a little cookout a couple weeks ago, and we went to this, and these people we play ball with and stuff, and we went to this cookout, and some of the parents, when Ethan, my oldest son, 10-year-old, walked through the room to go play with the kids, some of the parents said, he walks just like you, just like you. That's because He's my child. We are to walk like Jesus. Oh, if you want to walk like Jesus, say amen. amen. Now, how does the apostle describe light or fruit? Because if you're growing as a child, he says, if you're, if you're a child of light, he then says, here's the fruit of your life. It won't be reading, and it won't be basketball, and it won't be those kind of things. What is the fruit that all of us as Christians share? Well, look at verse 9. He says this. Look, as you grow as a child... Under the Lord of light, he says this, For the fruit of the Spirit is what? All goodness, righteousness, and truth. As you grow, you will have goodness. That's doing, saying, living good things. You will have righteousness. That is doing the right thing. Living right will be the fruit of your life. There will be truth. Truth just means that both your thoughts and your actions align with God's reality, not the fallen reality of this world that is a mirage and a mirror of the evil one. Our lives will align with the reality of God. We will, we will show truth in both word and actions. But my friends, there's another word that He has for us, and that is this, that if we are to live according to the light, we must also know that the darkness the work of our enemy, the work of the devil, the work of Satan uh, that would drag us uh, either to hell or to keep us bound to the slavery of sin. There are also fruits of darkness. Look back in your Bible in chapter 5 at verses 3 and 4. Look at what he says there in chapter 5, verse 3 and 4. He tells us, he says, "...what fornication and all uncleanliness and covetousness, let it not be once named among you as become saints." Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather, don't let that, don't let those things be what defines you. Don't grow in those things. Rather what? Grow in the giving of thanks. Sexual immorality, impurity, greed, coveting what somebody else has, and then making your plans to, to take it. He says, don't do this. In fact, is it possible to have those qualities, that fruit of, of light in your life, and the same time be growing in the darkness in the Word of God? Now, we will struggle. The Word of God says you're really either growing in the darkness, you're growing in the light. That doesn't mean that you will be perfect like Jesus, but does, it's like my kids. There are certain habits that others recognize in them, and it's because of the house they're growing up in. That doesn't mean that my kids always do exactly what we want or exactly the way we would do it, right? And as you grow in the Lord, there's still a struggle with sin, but this much is true. You cannot be both, in general, growing in light and darkness at the same time. They're like north and south. They're like near and far. 
they're like cold and hot. To continue with the analogy of basketball, which I love, these are my two boys. All right, show them, show them, show them the two boys, right? This is Ethan, my oldest, and this is Owen, who, praise the Lord, those teeth have started to come in. They've started to come in. So uh, these are my boys, right? Ethan's 10, Owen's 7. Now here's the thing. So my wife grew up in Lexington, Kentucky, and that means she's a diehard Kentucky basketball fan because she grew up right there. You guys may remember this. I went to Duke and got a master's degree from there. If you know anything about Duke and Kentucky, they don't like each other (laughs) at all. Now, my boys are going up in our house, and my wife and I try to enforce the same thing so my boys will not be confused in everything but who they cheer for in college. (laughs) And my boys are so confused because I tell them, Duke, 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 and then their evil grandparents come down from Lexington and give them Kentucky things to wear. And they are confused. And my youngest son, the one with no teeth, he'll tell me all the time, Duke, Dad, Duke. But then if I go out of town and come back, my, my wife's got that Kentucky hat on him. That's what, that's what happens. Confusion. Well, here's the thing, right? I just say that to illustrate this. The Lord does not want you to try to both wear things of the darkness and things of the light. He does not want that. And a great time about services like these because it kind of takes us out of our routine. It takes you out of your ritual to show up and to be here tonight. This probably isn't normally what you'd be doing on Tuesday night. This, I I just, I want to remind you, and really the heartbeat of this message, I don't have a bunch of points in this message, not that kind of message. This is just, this is just the heartbeat of God to say to you, man, God does not want you to attempt or try because it will not work. He does not want you to strive to grow in darkness and grow in light. He wants you to walk in the light that will expel the darkness from you. And I don't know, maybe tonight you're here and, and, and you're struggling with this. You're walking in the light, trying to, but there is a struggle. There is a temptation within, within you that you struggle with. And for some of you, there is temptation without that comes from the world. Now, why is our world so dark? And and this is true of any society you would go to. You would find ways that the darkness flourishes in this world. Why? Well, it's because it ignores and rejects the truth of God. It doesn't embrace the reality of who God is. There's a lack of reading and heeding and hearing the Word of God. And so as you walk and strive uh, to be, and you, I mean, the Lord made you a child of the light. Now you to walk into what He has made you. As you, as you do the power of the Holy Spirit, walk into, into the life He's called you to. Listen, remember the parable of the sower. Do you remember that? Let's turn to Matthew 13. Alright, just turn there. We can turn there real quick. Turn to Matthew chapter 13. And let's read the parable of the sower. This reminder that the seed of the gospel will fall on hard ground and Satan will attempt to snatch away the truth. Some of it will fall and he will, he will strive to ensure that it does not take root and grow. And oh, as children of the light, we our roots are to be in Jesus, growing in Him. And so we must remember this parable that our Lord gave us. Let it be a reminder of us that in the world around us there are many that Satan has snatched the truth away from them. And they do not walk in this light. Here's the parable that our Lord gave us in Matthew uh, chapter uh, 13, right? Let's read verses 1 through 9, and then we'll read verses 18 through 23, all right? So, so 13, 1 through 9. That same day went Jesus out of the house, and He sat by the seaside, and great multitudes were gathered together to Him, so that He went into a ship 
and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. He spoke many things unto them, many things in parables. And he said, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed some seeds, some of them did what? They fell by the wayside. And the fowls came and devoured them up. And some fell upon the stony places where they didn't have much earth. And forthwith, or right away, you know, they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched. And because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But other fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. And then verse 18, Hear you therefore the parable of the sower, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and understands it not, then will come the wicked one, and he will catch away that was sown in his heart. This is he which received it by the wayside. But he that received the seed into stony places, the same, that one is he that heard the word, and anon with joy he received it, but yet he had not root in himself. So he endured for a while. When tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he or she is offended. He also that receives seed among the thorns is he that hears the word and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches. It will choke the world and he will become unfruitful. That one will not grow in the light of God, but he that receives seed into the good ground. Who is this? This is he that hears the word and understands it, which also bears fruit and brings forth some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. This is the parable of the sower. And it is a reminder that we are to grow, he says, as children. How do we grow? We grow in the light of this gospel message that Jesus came and He saved us from our sins and He died for us and He died to bring you out of darkness into this kingdom of light. And now He has given His Holy Spirit to empower you to walk in the light. So Ephesians 5.10, as we are growing and this fruit is to be in our lives, what do we do? What is the purpose of this fruit in our life? Well, look at what Ephesians 5.10 says proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. As you walk in the light, you are to find out through God's Word what pleases the Lord. You are to to see the basics in God's Word of what pleases God. And as you communicate with God through the reading and hearing and meditating and prayer around God's Word, God's Spirit will enlighten you in other ways that you can please Him specifically in your life. Who can you encourage this week as you walk in the light? Who can you help this week that needs help? Who can you reach out to and help just as Jesus helped? Who can you reach out to that is in darkness and allow the light of Jesus in your life to expose that darkness for what it is so that they can be forgiven of sin? As children of light, we do not fool around with darkness, but we are called to reach out to those who are in darkness. Listen again to verses 11 through 14 there in chapter 5. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. 
For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore, he said, Awake you that sleep. Arise from the dead, and Christ shall give you light. So as we are to walk in the light, we are to have no relationship. We are to reach out to, but we ourselves are not, we are not to allow the roots of darkness to grow in our life. He says, have nothing to do with them. Realize they are fruitless. They don't accomplish anything good. They are not among the fruit of the Spirit. And we laugh about my flip phone, but honestly, it was a, it was a struggle for me to go to that. And it's been hard since I did it. And be honest with you, it was hard. Like, I didn't realize the way just dependent upon a smartphone, but I had to do that because I knew I was not being the father to my children and the husband to my wife that God's Word said to be. And I knew, and I wrestled with it, and I struggled with it, and finally I said, God, this is what's keeping me from being the husband you've called me to be, the father that I'm supposed to be, and I've tried to control this, and I can't, so Lord, I am going to give this up until I can get control. Why did I do that? Because the Word of God shows me the kind of dad I need to be. There are a lot of bad dads in the Bible. A lot of bad examples. A lot of fathers that did not walk among the lie of the Lord. Man, I want to tell you, man, step up and be the dad you need to be. Moms. Man, strive to be a godly mother. And put away those things that would keep you from being the mother God wants you to be. Put away those things that keep you being the friend that you need to be to others. The worker that you need to be. The, 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 the dedicated church member, church attender that you need to be. Listen, we are called. Don't grow in the fruit of darkness. Walk in the fruit of the Spirit in the light. So what challenge does Paul give in verse 14? He says, wake up! You that sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you Light, wake up. So my, my put, that, put that picture back up there real quick, right? So, so my two boys, Ethan, the older son, he is the son that when I go in in the morning and I say, guys, it's time to get up and get ready for school. The minute his eyes wake up, he hops out of bed and goes right and, and sits down at the table and he starts eating and, and he starts moving forward what he's supposed to do. But this little guy right here, when I go in and say, Ethan and Owen, they share a room together. They got a nice big room. and they got, They're both on separate sides of the room. And I go into Owen and I say, Owen, Ethan, get up. Ethan will get right out of bed. He will do what he's supposed He will awake and he will arise. But Owen, when I say wake up, he does the opposite. He curls deeper under the blanket. That's what he does. He gets down deeper. And I usually have to tell him, like, you know, you have to do that dad thing where that second or third time, it's like, if I say this one more time... You will, and then finally he's up. There he goes, right? But Ethan, man, I, I'll, I'll brag on him. He, he, he's, he gets right up. He awakes and he goes, man, listen. The devil wants to get those roots in there. So when the Holy Spirit convicts you or leads you, or it's going to empower you to do what God wants, it's time to awake and arise and to do what He wants. Oh, the devil's going to try to... He, he, he wants you walking in that darkness so you will know it and so that darkness will have a little grasp on you or a big grasp on you and keep you from responding to what it is the Spirit of the Lord wants you to do. Listen, he says, rise up! Some of you need to rise up from being ignorant of the Lord's teachings. You need to start paying attention and dialed into what God says in His Word. Some of you need to wake up 
from being apathetic to what's happening to your families, your community. Uh, It's time to wake up, to repent, to turn around from any involvement or lack of involvement in what God wants you to do, from any involvement in darkness and any lack of involvement in the light. God says, instead, listen, instead, He says, listen, arise from the dead. Christ, the same Christ who saved you, will give you light. You need light in your life. You need to see more clearly than walk in that light. And He has promised that Christ will give you light. But there is a condition there, is there not? Wake up. Wake up. Allow the light of Christ to shine on you. What are examples of fruitless works of darkness? There's true here as they are in Cookville where I live, right? We know of the opioid epidemics. Illegal drugs, human trafficking, hat trafficking, materialism. My, my oldest son starts fifth grade. He's going to middle school. And uh, I know that uh, the, the public school he goes to, and it's a good school with a good, strong Christian principal. My boys have been blessed with good Christian teachers. But I know he's going to be going to middle school. And, and I already know what he's going to learn about and what's going to be said. And so I know this is the year like I have to have the talk with my son. I am dreading it. I mean, I am. I, you can pray for me that way. I'm not wanting to do this. But I know he's about to start middle school, and if I don't sit down with him... My dad and mom grew up on farms. My mom grew up very, very, very what we would call very poor. They were sharecroppers in South Carolina and, and very poor. My dad, they were poor too, but they had a lot of, a lot of land. And my dad says this. I've been telling my dad, you're going to fifth grade. He's going to middle school. I've got to have the talk with him. My dad said, well... If you grew up on a farm like me, you just watched what went on around you and you kind of figured it out. Just, you know, take him to the farm and let him, let him learn. My dad didn't have no talk with me. He didn't have to. He just kind of, you know, like, okay, dad, that's, you know, don't live on a farm. Can't do that. I got to have the talk, right? We got we to gotta do that. Because there's darkness all around him. As a father, it's my job to help him know the truth and to see the light to expose Him to the truth. And so we don't need to be desensitized to darkness. We need to know it's there and not walk in it. But we need to help those. As, as members of a church family, it's your responsibility. Even if you don't have kids, it's your responsibility to help others who have kids in this church. Do you know that? Your brothers and sisters that are struggling, it's your job. It's your opportunity because you're part of this family to help others walk in the light. But all around us, commercials, entertainment, they fill our sights and our minds. You know, being part of uh, the basketball, and my boys are pretty good at it, and go to these travel tournaments, and and, and you know the kind of music they play at these sporting events. I just think, man, because my oldest son, he's hitting fifth grade, he's starting to understand what those words are saying that are coming through those speakers. I think, man, Lord, it's all around, but it's my job. It's my job to... Help him know the truth, but I don't do this alone. The Lord God will do this, and He will do it for you. I just, how can you expose fruitless works of darkness? Did you know sometimes it requires words, and we need to not be afraid to say those words, but there are other things we can do. Sometimes when people are telling those stories or jokes that we really don't need to be engaged with, sometimes we can just walk away. We can turn off the television or put down the reading material on our phone that is not what God would want for us. We can decline invitations if we know it's to 
something that would not be what God would say is best for us. We can counter those invitations with something, some opportunity that is better and more appropriate. Did you know one reason that I am so involved with my kids' sports life is because the first time I really saw hardcore pornography was seventh grade on a travel basketball trip. I had a, a coach that was not a believer and he did not walk in the light of the world. And I had great parents, and they had shielded me, and they did wonderful things. And they had no idea that this coach, but in seventh grade, I'll never forget, we went out of town on this travel trip, and the hotel we stayed in, it came time to go to bed, and, and, and the coach was there, and, and, and the boys, we were sharing bunks together and stuff, and this were beds in this hotel room. And I remember the coach, he flipped on the TV. I don't know if it was Cinemax or what it was, but he, he went to this station, and he kept it there. And had pornography, which I had never, I mean, I'd never really seen. And he, kept, he, he fell asleep, and that TV stayed on all night. You know, that's the first time I've ever been exposed to that. And one reason I'm so involved in what my kids do is it's for them, but it's also because I know God doesn't want us to just say no, no, no. He wants us to show a better way to people. A better way. And so I know when I'm coaching those boys in City League, And I know when I'm helping these teams, I know, hey, man, I get to be a Christian influence. And I get to help move them away from darkness and move them to better things and show them a better path. I don't know what interest or talent or abilities God has given you, but I want to encourage you. There is a world of darkness that needs believers that are going to help other people see this is the way to go. This is the way to walk. And He has called you to wake up. And to seize those opportunities as individuals and as a church body together. So you are a light. I just, again, I know this isn't like a three-point message. It isn't that kind of thing. It's just hopefully a good word of encouragement to you guys. And I want to remind you this, though, as as you walk in the light. Remember how the Bible says to not use your light. And I'm paraphrasing here, but and you can go read it later tonight. But in Matthew 5, 14 and 16. The Lord Jesus Himself said... See, Paul is just echoing Jesus. This echo that Paul gives us of Jesus, Jesus says in Matthew 5, 14, You are the light of the world. And a city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and they may praise your Father in heaven. You know what's funny about being a preacher that also coaches basketball teams? You ought to see how freaked out these coaches get when they're cussing and carrying on, and then they find out that I'm a pastor. It's awesome. It is awesome what happens. The fear that overcomes them. They think I have some direct connection to God that I can do something to them. But, but here's the thing. See, that's the way. Don't hide your light. For you to be different. Don't be ashamed of who you are and what God has called you to be. Use that to be a light to to let things be better because it's Jesus working through you. Jesus says, hey, be like a lamp on a lampstand. Don't hide your faith. Instead, put the light on display. Let the light of your testimony be seen by others so that how you live and this God that you praise and you worship, that it will draw other people to Him. 
Because God is praised and He is glorified when the light in your life attracts other people to Jesus. So do not hide your light. Do not remain quiet about your faith. Do not avoid gathering with the people of God. Don't just go along with the crowd. Don't do that. As believers, praise God. Glorify God. Be drawn to the love and the salvation and the lordship of our God. Be a light to this world as you grow as children. And let me tell you, no matter how old you are, this is the beautiful thing. No matter how old you are numerically, in reality, we are all still children of the King. Still children that are growing and maturing. And if I if I and this is I'll bracket this because this is my opinion, but best I can tell when we get when we get to heaven, the new heaven and the new earth, with, with the new things that God will give us to do, we will continue to grow. Deepness with the Lord Jesus who saved us. Repeat after me again. I am the light. You are a light. Because once on a cross, when the world went into utter darkness and the earthquakes happened, and it wasn't like when I was a kid and I heard those bells and I thought it was about to begin. See, some 2,000 years before, there were no bells, but there was, there was darkness on the earth. And there was quaking. And the Bible says some strange things happened that night. It says things about the dead rising, stuff that I don't understand. But it basically it says the world went into chaos. And as this world went into chaos, in the utter darkness of that, of that moment when Jesus was hanging on the cross, in that moment of all that darkness, there was also the great light of the sacrifice of love by our Savior. And so, my friends, you are the light. Because in the darkest moment this world has ever known, the light of God Himself came through His Son on a cross as He died for your sin. Be